Hello, FBL managers. Welcome to the FBL Optimized Podcast. This is episode number 58. We were eagerly waiting for FBL to return after the international break and what a return it was. It was a terrible game week for many engaged managers, including ourselves, me and Buzz. I'm Sertab, your host today. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test, data or grass, or data and grass. That's the question. Buzz is out today. Uh, but this time for a work-related travel instead of vacation. You might have heard his name a lot, Chase. Uh, it is FBL underscore Chase on Twitter. Is joining me today in his place. Let's say hi to him first. Welcome to the show, Chase. Uh, hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on the Potter Top. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So good to see you here. And for people who don't know you or need a reminder, Uh, let me give a few a brief information. Chase has two top 5k finishes and also 10 top 100k finishes in 12 season. Pretty impressive. He was an early adapter of analytics and advanced techniques like sensitivity analysis. It is all the hype this season, but Chase is one of the people who has been using it. Um, Chase is also well known for his unique approach in the analytics community to combine these kind of analytical tools with his own knowledge. Um, you might have seen one of his visu- great visualizations on uh, FBL Twitter going viral on other FBL shows. I do it all the time. Uh, and he also generates visualizations and also makes analysis every game week for our podcast. And I would like to thank him for his amazing work, both for us and also for the community. It is an amazing pleasure to have him to- here today. And he was also part of Edit 1000 making him one of the most successful analytics managers. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, thanks a lot for the kind words, Sartalp. Um, yeah, I was a part of Elite 1000. Um, and actually, I would have been if I continued yes. uh, again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I decided not to. Uh, and uh, yes, also, I do enjoy creating visual content for the FPL community. I guess most of the people who follow me, follow me, are following me for this reason. Uh, it's, such, it's just a, such a shame that I don't have as much free time as I once had when I started. So, uh, yeah, I keep trying uh, at least, you know, reusing and refurbishing a lot of templates I have created over the years. Um, wish I could do more, to be honest, but uh, yeah, maybe once my schedule eases up a little as a daddy to uh, two small kids, yeah. uh, I, I, I again will. But yeah, for now, um, I'm just doing what I what I can. <laughs> I mean, and thank you, thank yeah, and I I also wanted to thank you for giving me the platform, you know, to share yeah, something on a, yeah. on a regular I'm, basis. It's uh, yeah, as I say, sorry. it's it's my pleasure. To, to collaborate, uh, I, I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, your visualizations are a, a big part of the podcast this season, especially. And so, as I mentioned, you were part of uh, Elite 1000, but this year things have changed. You have done something very different, uh, something quite drastically different, to be fair. You have stopped playing FPL. Would you like to tell us what happened? Um, just very briefly, uh, I also mentioned it elsewhere, but I 
simply felt very deflated at the end of the last season. I missed out on top 10K uh, for the third time in a row. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it it's this old school uh, goal uh, some of us have. I, I always have it, or I always had it. So, yeah, finishing just outside of the top 10K for the third time in a row, it, it's, it, it really broke my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I reflected once the season was over. Uh, how much effort I have put into the game, uh, and I come to the conclusion that yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, I talked uh, to you personally about it, yes. about how hard it is for me to keep up, you know, with all the news and uh, late team leagues, etc. Uh, it was one of the main reasons I could not imagine myself doing this all over again. Um, so during the summer, I actually thought I would be a lot more tempted to. Uh, to create a team and to play again, but uh, it didn't happen. Uh, I mean, I was slightly tempted, but but not that much. So I simply called it quits, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, you were not wrong about you know it was difficult for waiting for leagues at the beginning of the season. Like in game week one, we had the same issue. Like very at the very beginning of the season. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, some yeah. some of the managers like me, we were not available. I was I had a work meeting, and I essentially missed the leagues uh, on the Arsenal defenders. Um, we will have our regular episode today, everyone. But before we dive into numbers, uh, I have some quick questions uh, to ask Chase. Um, so Chase, do you have any regrets so far for not playing or do you get any cravings uh, as you are still a little bit active on uh, Twitter, FBL Twitter I should say, and also very active on our Discord? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't I don't really have regrets quitting okay. FBL. Uh, I definitely do want to play some football-oriented game competitively, so... I will try to play the uh, UEFA Champions League uh, fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this will have to do the job for me. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a bit more relaxed format, uh, less restrictions, you know, less game weeks, and yeah, deadline is at uh, at the kickoff. <laughs> that that helps too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More options, and- you know. Uh, it's 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 just it's just a little bit more suited to to my uh, lifestyle at the, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's different to the to the FPL as a you know long haul, meticulously planned experience. This is more closer to the uh, daily fantasy, basically. So yeah. yeah. So do you also have a target in uh, UCL fantasy? Uh, no, like, no, 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 no. I don't even. I don't. I don't even know the rules. I I'm asking guys on. Uh, uh, Twitter on DMs and on Discord. Uh, how how does it actually work? So okay. I, I, I <laughs> that's good. No. So you're a kind. Of I mean, like I, I want to do I want to do as 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 best I can, but no no specific goals. There is a lot less players actually. Uh, I have seen like game week one is upon us basically on match day one. It's called in UCL and it's just one million players. So yeah. um, I guess top ten k is reachable here. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. And so then, have you retired for good, or is there any chance of playing in next seasons? Not immediately next season, or maybe in future. Uh, there is definitely a chance I will play next season. Uh, really depends on, as I said, on my free time and whether I feel mm. I could enjoy the experience. 
that's for me probably the most important thing. Uh, I want to be engaged, you know, with others. I want deep dive uh, debates. I like, you know, talking about it. I like hypothesizing about which team does what, uh, how they might approach such and such game. Um, yeah, so th this this is a huge part of the enjoyment, you know, the yeah. preparation. I, I think sure. it's, I think it's very same, uh, or, or I think it's very similar for basically everyone. So let's yeah. see. Okay. And so I know you are following Premier League in general, but are you still also following what is happening in FPL? I mean, I'm also asking uh, both from you know what's happening with the FPL players and also what's happening in the FPL community. Um, not uh, not so much in detail as I had, uh, but obviously mm -hmm. I know who is of course. Uh, I know the results. I'm following English Premier League very closely. Mm -hmm. um, so the FPL relevant things like bonuses, these things escape me completely these days. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea about that. But yeah, I, I pay attention to some transfers, uh, FPL transfers, I mean. Uh, so like where where is the meta heading and how are, you know, experienced managers mm -hmm. tackling mm -hmm. uh, some situations. Uh, I talk to some people still about their FPL teams uh, in chat. So, uh, I mean, it's usually high level decision making, but yeah, I'm, I'm in touch. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm glad you're still kind of following FPL. And since this, after all, it's still mostly an FPL podcast. So, <laughs> okay, let's start yeah. the, our, our regular episode then. I will start with a brief... Uh, Summary of my game week. I finished this game week with 32 points. A pretty poor score. My game Not week much. was yeah. 9.2 million. <laughs> These things happen, right? Yeah, they, they do. Did you have any, any game week that was worse than this? or? Uh, surely. surely. Okay. I, <laughs> well, I, well, I you think played I for had... <laughs> Even even non-blank gaming, like regular gaming, like we had, uh, I definitely had scores lower than 30, like 20-something on multiple occasions. It, yeah. it Sometimes it happens. It happens. Yeah. I think Lois was like 22 or, or 24. I mean, <laughs> well, everyone blank. It really, it really, it really happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it happens. I mean, the, the probability is quite low, I guess, but it happens. Uh, I mean, everyone has a very low score this game week overall, but I mean, still like 9.2 million game week rank. Well, game week rank hardly matters, but uh, still like 10 million people are playing or roughly 10 million people playing. So I feel mm -hmm. like I, I'm very close to the, you know, very bottom. So uh, maybe yeah. I should try anti-FPL next season. Um, so <laughs> as you see on the screen, uh, for people who are watching on YouTube, um, almost everyone blanked in my team and my uh, transfer this game week were uh, Son and Morris. They both blanked too. And the the player I saw, Richarlison, got a goal and an assist in the extra time. Uh, yeah. And I ah. felt such a big relief when I saw them and then this happened. I mean, it's uh, unexplainable, really. FPL things, really. FPL things, that's true. FPL things, yeah. Yeah, I am. I mean, at, uh, I mean, he didn't start, so he didn't uh, start. He made the right so call. I, I, I just, agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I had him 
I might have benched him too. I mean, it doesn't probably, yeah. That would probably hurt even more. I think that would probably hurt. I think that would be true. even worse. True, true. Um, I am at 4.6 million overall rank now, so my journey to the rack bottom continues. Um, so in bus finished with 38 points, and we are we have this um competition between us comparing our game week scores. So this is his fourth win, I think. So it is four for him and only one game week for me. So my luck from last season is still going on. It seems like it's just five game weeks. <laughs> okay, so things can go even worse. I I, I guess. Uh, I'm not going I, to I, lie I, to I, you. <laughs> <laughs> they they could, but yeah, I'm gonna keep my spirit up. Actually, I talk with uh, Trout regularly on this, and he's always so positive. I mean, after games, he's a little bit. Uh, upset like me but then in a, give it a day or two and then he comes back with all this motivation of like how we are going to you know get much better when everyone else is failing so i just enjoy his uh enthusiasm i should say yeah but he's right i mean in a lot of aspects because right now yeah it's the cliche but the overall rank means absolutely nothing i mean it's it's yeah, game that's five true. it's that's it's, true. it's, it's that's completely true. fine it's completely fine. That's true. Okay, so let's start with the model accuracy. Um, and so for people who are watching on YouTube, so this is the bar chart that we show the projection model accuracy and people who are listening, I will go over some of these values very quickly. Um, we provide this projection model accuracy based on two different things. The first one is outcome. So we are comparing what was the pro what the projections were and how many points players got in FBL points, essentially. And the second one is using expected, uh, like underlying numbers, like how much XG, how much XA, or how much X clean sheet actually players generated, and then we compare those. And this analysis and visualization is by Neil Rankin ZA on Twitter. And rightmost uh, column shows the most accurate model, so model with the lowest uh, inaccuracy. FBI review is number one uh, by the end of uh, game week five. And then we are also comparing this accuracy from game week one to five, so including everything. Um, and then in the second rank, we have Fantasy Football Scott. And in the third rank, we have Mikael Tokwam's Transfer Algorithm. And fourth place, Hub. Fifth place, uh, Fantasy Football Fix. Then we have FPL Team and Draft Hound. Um, so these are all um, the projection models that we are tracking. Some of them are free, but most of them are uh, paid models. Um, as you might have noticed, uh, also from the data itself, if you are following these models, uh, certain positions have higher uh, inaccuracies. I mean, as I, as we talked about this over the last episodes too, goalkeeper projections are usually very, um, well, the least inaccurate. I mean, it is not very difficult to kind of you know predict if it will be a, a clean sheet or not, and then generate these outcomes based on that. Um, but yeah, so this is where we are right now. And 
as far as underlying numbers go, FBI review is still number one in this category. And then we have Mikhail Tokwam's transfer algorithm. And then we have Hub, Scout, Draft Hunt, Fantasy Football Picks, and FBI team is the current uh, rankings for the underlying data accuracy. And for this part, do you have any any comments, Chase? You're also kind of helping me on some of these uh, and also having a look at those. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised <laughs> by the <laughs> results, all I can say. And maybe also regarding the uh, the accuracy itself in different positions, I think it pretty much maps uh, the variance or or let's say the standard deviation of the actual uh, possibilities or the, the, the range of the results. Uh, because obviously for goalkeepers or defenders, the usually... Uh, the range is a bit lower than for yeah. midfielders. I mean, when a midfielder scores hat-trick and has two assists, you know, it, it, it just blows yes. blows out of proportion. Uh, so uh, that that's also why that's also why the error can be can be higher for midfielders than other positions, and that's why also you know goalkeepers uh, score a little bit better in the in the accuracy because yeah the out the 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 range of the outcomes is simply uh, uh, not that wide. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's basically it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And when an unexpected unexpected thing happens, like if they concede multiple goals, uh, you know, every, for every two goals, it's only minus one. So it doesn't have a huge impact. But as you have yeah, mentioned, yeah, if, if yeah. a midfielder gets a clean sheet, it's like loss of points. Uh, exactly it increases the inaccuracy and let's switch back to projected point averages so this is our fixture uh, ticker uh, and we will start with the best teams and to generate this table we are using projection models and we are taking an equal weight ensemble of uh, all of those and we are looking for the next six game weeks and you might remember that Newcastle was at the top of this table. Uh, they had the best uh, horizon for the you know next six game weeks, including mm, game week mm. five to ten. But uh, this game week, Manchester City is back at the top because Bournemouth game is added to game week eleven. But um, let me go over this game week six fixtures first, and we can maybe talk about the whole horizon. Uh, in this game week, uh, the most favorable fixtures are Manchester City playing against Nottingham Forest. It's an amazing fixture. Obviously, it has the one of the highest expected value averages for offensive players with 6.0. And mm-hmm. for uh, it's also a great defensive fixture with 4.9 uh, defense, defense point average for defenders and goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah. And... And the second game is Liverpool is playing against West Ham. Even though it doesn't sound like you know such a favorable fixture, uh, their offense average is 5.2. And then we have Newcastle uh, playing against Sheffield United. So this fixture is good defensively, 4.5. Uh, still, it's also a you know offensively good fixture, but especially the defensive part makes to the top 10 percentile that we marked with a golden color in our graphics and Arsenal is playing against Tottenham it is a favorable fixture offensively but not so much defensively with 5.3 average 
uh, for offense players and 3.8 for defense players. And the last, yeah, it is interesting. I don't know which model it is, but it seems like there are some of them who are rating Arsenal uh, offense very highly. So they always have high scores, even if the fixture is not the best. Um, and I think Tottenham, uh, I think concedes a lot. They score a lot, concede a lot. So it's kind of contributing. Yeah, to yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised uh, that it should be considered a relatively decent offensive fixture, fixture for Tottenham. I, yeah. Uh, they, they are, they are playing at Emirates, right? So. Uh, yes. It sounds like a like a really tough spot to travel to, but yeah, I mean it's North London derby and uh, thing things just happen. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean we will most probably see goals at both ends and probably multiple goals uh, yeah, when when we talk about the history of this matchup. But uh, using the data alone and the cold heads, uh, I would be. I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, I think Tottenham. Like, if I didn't know uh, what happens in this fixture, you know, because that there probably will not be that many cold heads during the game, mm -hmm. uh, I I would be surprised that this is rated as a good fixture. But yeah, given the history of the game, uh, it it probably it probably is on both sides. Yeah. Offensively, I mean, but let's see, let's see, yeah. because I think I think Arsenal are actually uh, they. Uh, with the inclusion of uh, Declan Rice and what I have seen so far in, uh, in the data, uh, they are now even better uh, defensively yeah. than they were last season. I mean, they are making improvements. I don't know when, like, when the team strengths, you know, will fully align uh, into their actual form. But uh, at the moment, they are probably one of the, you know, like the best best defensive improvements in the league and they are mm -hmm. already one of the best defensive teams in the league so yeah they are doing yeah. they are doing something uh, really really well let's see yeah i'm i'm actually a little bit surprised too when i checked it because i mean it says that arsenal against tottenham is 5.3 average for offense players but like compare that to newcastle against sheffield united it is only 4.7 for offense mm -hmm. uh, players doesn't you know sound so fair because like Tottenham is a you know tougher fixture than obviously New you know if you compare Newcastle to Sheffield and Arsenal to Tottenham but yeah this is what the data says so um, yeah yeah we're sure. just reporting it and the last uh, favorable fixture of this game week is Brighton is playing against Bournemouth and their offense point average is five point four among midfielders and forwards. Um, and we mentioned that Manchester City is at the first place again, and then we have Liverpool in the second place. So we we might see a switch to Liverpool players soon, and obviously mm -hmm. when people are mm -hmm. wildcarding, it will happen um, because after game week yeah. eight, they will play against Everton in game week nine, Nottingham Forest, and then uh, Luton Town. So those three games are favorable both defensively and offensively and makes to our 10th percentile, uh, you know, best fixture category. Yeah, the, their offensive schedule is amazing, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is really the time to own Liverpool uh, attackers. Yeah. So 
and we have been talking about Newcastle defense for the longest time. I I, I just lost track how many game weeks we have been saying that you should you sh- <laughs> you need triple Newcastle defenders. You you make your plans. You know, make it happen. People were a little bit skeptical about you know they didn't cl- keep too many clean sheets in the last I don't know X games. But we were saying that their underlyings were good, or at least that's what the you know projection models were saying. Um, so they got lots of points. The defenders last game week we probably missed uh, some of it, and so they have a good defensive fixture this game week, and then another game week seven, and then game week yep. nine they play yep. against Crystal Palace, and then Wolves in game week ten. Again, Newcastle defenders are essential, so trying to bring them in. If you don't have any other uh, place you need to improve in your team. Um, Agreed. And let's also talk about bad fixtures. Uh, Obviously, it's the opposite. Sheffield United uh, is topping the chart. They are playing against Newcastle. And they're offensive. Offensively, this is one of the worst fixtures for them. Uh, On the 3.5 offensive average. Meaning that we are kind of expecting Newcastle to keep a clean sheet, or it is more, I should say, uh, probable. Um, and Nottingham Forest is playing against Man- Manchester City. It is defensively and offensively <laughs> pretty bad. It is really yeah. bad that they're. But you know, you just know they will find a way to score. They, yeah, they, they, they will. I mean, Ederson in the goal, so <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> Defensive average for this game. Uh, is 2.0 for Nottingham Forest. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we kind mm-hmm. of expect them to concede, yes. But we, I think Model also thinks that they there's a chance that they will concede multiple um, goals. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, I mean... It's, it's, just how it, it's just how it feels. It's <laughs> just how it feels, how it feels. Every, every, every weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And then Bournemouth is playing against Brighton, defensively a bad fixture, and West Ham is playing against Liverpool. It says defensively it's uh, it's a bad fixture, and yeah. Uh, so some of these teams have been this uh, part of the you know at this half of the chart uh, for a long time. So I think there's no team that's surprising to be included here. No. no. They're really the worst teams in the league. It just <laughs> remains to be seen. It just remains to be seen which are actually the really the, the worst, worst, like the relegation <laughs> fodder. But they they all pretty much suck. If I'm allowed to say something like that. So, do you have any guesses then which one of these teams will get relegated at the end of the season? Uh, I mean, I can do a guess right on the spot. So, Luton. Burnley, maybe, if they do not change their approach. I mean, this championship approach is not viable uh, at all. And then, yeah, I think I will go with Sheffield. I mean, they, they concede so many shots. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. May, I, I think, well, Iraola with Burnham should probably stay up. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he's a competent manager. Um, it will be tough, but maybe. Yeah. And, I don't know, not not Nottingham or, or or Sheffield. It's I don't know, it's it's coin toss. And then actually Fulham, uh, it's tough. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I will say Luton and, and and Burnley. They they look like the hottest candidates for me at least. And the third team, it could be anyone from this list except of, for uh, uh, West Ham and, and yeah. Crystal Palace, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh... 
thank you for uh, your prediction. We will we will check at the end of the season how many. <laughs> yeah, keep 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 the receipts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I will keep the receipts. Okay, we talked about team strengths and the fixture ticker. Let's move on to uh, top EV gains and losses. And these analyses and visualizations are performed by FBR Chase, as we say all the time. And so, since this is your visualization and your work, would you like to cover this part, or do you want me to go ahead? Um, no, I mean I can briefly just uh, mention that uh, yeah, the models updated obviously Docus mm -hmm. uh, Xmins. Uh, there are probably most of the models were very low on him because we didn't really know what will be his status in the squad. And I think Grealish is also injured. So this helps Doku's uh, X means a lot. And this is basically why we see such a steep increase in, in the EV. Okay. With Ward Prowse, I think that's a little bit trickier because I don't think his X means projections should change that drastically. I feel like there is something, some models just catching up on his underlying numbers mm -hmm. and his role in the West Ham team. Obviously, he has. Uh, uh, or he has had a uh, really uh, glaring start. I mean, he's the star uh, at the moment at, at West Ham, even though the, the results might not be that great. But yeah, he's doing everything right now, assisting, scoring goals. Uh, yeah, so it looks like a really good signing for, for West Ham. And definitely there is a huge uptick in his underlying numbers from mm -hmm. the Southampton times. So I think uh, models are a little bit catching uh, adjusting. Yeah. yeah, they are catching up. They are adjusting to the new rela new reality that he's not lo no longer playing for Southampton. Mm -hmm. And then and then I don't know. It's just like uh, usual stuff. Haaland, um, I don't know. Um, I, I actually don't know uh, what could be <laughs> what could be the reason he's uh, he's gaining strength. But uh, yeah, he's good. Uh, he's the best asset in the game. Mm -hmm. um, if he is gaining strength in the models, um, yeah, I mean everybody will own and captain him anyway, so yeah, we can skip him. <laughs> <laughs> he's not uh, that relevant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably he isn't. Uh, and then uh, maybe at the bottom of the table, so uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, the, the golden boy, uh, Julian Alvarez, uh, he is now getting even more. Um, Attention. Um, I think his X means were relatively Long. good uh, already. I think uh, they were already good. Um, so this this might be just a um, slight adjustment of of his nailed onness. Mm -hmm. uh, like he he uh, based on the Pep's recent comments, he is almost yeah. undroppable. So his X means are probably uh, rising, and thus X, X points uh, projections will will probably rise even even beyond uh, the next week. Uh, but yeah. let's see. I mean, right now, yeah, right now he is looking like the player to own, and he's looking like an important piece for for Manchester City. Um, I'm I'm not sure he is the game breaking asset. Uh, but uh, he's definitely uh, a good FPL asset. Yeah, he's the most transferred in player with almost like 596k new owners. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No surprise, really. 
Yeah. Um, and let's check up speed losses. Yeah. So here we have our main loser, and that's uh, <laughs> that's Hubbard's. Uh, yeah, that's massive, massive drop off in uh, expected points. And yeah, obviously this is uh, this is the result of his first benching in uh, in uh, English Premier League. Mm -hmm. So Fabio Vieira started ahead of uh, uh, Kai Havertz, and I don't know. Uh, it's it's an interesting one to follow because maybe the models are a little bit too quick to adjust. I'm not. I'm really not sure how to read Arteta. Because he obviously signed him for this number eight role, uh, maybe he just decided that he needs a little bit more time off starting eleven to adjust to this uh, position. Mm -hmm. Because even during the weekend, so he wasn't he wasn't subbing on for a striker. He was subbing on for Fabio Vera actually. So he was subbing on for like 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 for like uh, number eight in midfield. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it remains to be seen, but definitely his nail on this is now uh, not looking that great, and he has an asset. Uh, yeah, he's on uh, he's on a free fall, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, the models are reflecting it just like they are reflecting uh, on the third place Chilwell. So yeah. this is also a tough one because Chilwell seems to be. Difficult asset to predict when he will play right now mm -hmm. because uh, yeah, obviously he was benched and the weeks before he was subbed early. So it doesn't seem like Pochettino knows exactly how he wants to utilize Chilwell <laughs> or maybe he knows but Chilwell is not fulfilling the role uh, to his uh, idea. Tough one. Uh, tough one for the owners because I know he is heavily owned uh, in the community. Yes, yes. I think the 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 fixtures, the immediate fixtures are still very good. Uh, tough one. Uh, I don't know. I, yes. I if if I was a yeah if I was a um, if I was a FPL manager still and had Chilwell, I I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> probably yeah. probably sell probably, it's a tough yeah. one really He's tough the, one yeah third most transferred out player of the game week so far with 216,000 people already sold him and most people yeah. sold him for Botman or Trippier if they have the money probably uh, Tri Trippier is the obvious one I mean uh, you probably cannot go wrong with uh, Trippier unless unless you really believe that Chilwell is starting for Chelsea next next mm -hmm. game, which could happen, and he could obviously back some uh, attacking points too, because this is how FPL works. But <laughs> like purely purely from decision making uh, point, I guess the switch to Trippier is an obvious and and good one. Uh, so yeah. I would I would be very tempted if I had two transfers. If I had one, I would probably keep. I think I would probably keep, but yeah, uh, <laughs> Chul is probably Chul is probably losing his uh, uh, his price. He probably fall down, and Trippier will go up. You know all these considerations. Yeah, yeah. tough one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and on fourth place we have Nicholas Jackson. Uh, uh, I'm not sure uh, whether this is <laughs> X means related or it's just uh, models 
are not uh, not trusting him anymore to finish off his chances. Let's see. That might be uh, yeah. yeah. Isaac, on the other hand, I think the Wilson threat is uh, uh, is becoming very real. So yeah, Isaac's X means uh, with the Champions League, etc. Is probably not so such a hot property to own, even even when we consider uh, good fixtures for Newcastle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I would probably stay clear uh, myself. Yeah, and I don't know. The rest of the guys are not not that popular uh, FPL assets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ferguson. Ferguson obviously is a good asset, but I don't know. Uh, I, I think he was injured. Uh, I, I I do not have the latest intel. On, on him, so yeah. yeah. And I'm also checking the most transferred out players uh, and comparing with this list. Uh, so we have Jackson, Isaac, Chilwell, top three, and then we have March, who's not in this list, but uh, lots of people are, are also selling him. And then, uh, fi- fixtures probably. Fixtures Brighton fixtures probably. are turning really, really bad. Yeah. yeah. Although they are looking like a good team that can, you know, uh, win pretty much against anyone uh, these days, mm-hmm. but I, I understand. Uh, yeah, I think, I think if you are if you are not uh, emotionally attached to Brighton assets, <laughs> it might be it might be a good time to sell. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Okay, thanks for covering these and also gen- uh, generating these. Uh, visualizations and for your analysis and uh, as we usually do let's talk about the optimal wildcard team of the game week uh, so this is the current optimal wildcard team uh, for game week six and beyond for the next um, eight game weeks if i remember correctly and as i have been doing for the last few episodes um, i am running these with transfers enabled so Solver is also allowed to make transfers or schedule mm-hmm. some transfers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will go over this, this team. So we have Sanchez in the goal. And we in defense, we have Estupinan, Charge, Trippia. In midfield, we have Saka, Mubemo, Eze, Bruno Fernandez, Rashford. And in forward, we have Alvarez and Holland. And on the bench we have Kaminski who will who is playing in game week seven uh, for his double, and then mm-hmm. Morris who is also playing in the double game week, and then yeah. Botman, uh, as we uh, covered, they have good um, defensive fixtures, and we have Perk at the last bench spot who is also playing for the game week seven double game week. <laughs> so what? How do you feel about this team? Uh, I'm slightly interested. Uh, white picking uh, easy. Uh, so... I think it's because I think it's yeah. I think their uh, their fixtures turn really good in a few weeks, so it's probably long term right. planning. Uh, yeah. At least at least it looks like that. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm actually not. Not entirely sure uh, how how much it costs, so it probably is a really affordable option, right? He's an affordable option, but yeah, I was also wondering the same thing. I mean, the, from Solver, I was getting the suggestion of selling uh, Richardson for 
uh, as an I was wondering why it's happening. I was checking the uh, the data. I might even have asked you about that, but then I realized there are um, so the models are actually split on this. So FBR review thinks that he's not a good player, but then Mikhail Tokbaum's uh, model says that he is. I mean, his projections are really high. Mm. And I was also asking the same question in the Discord. People were saying that. Well, if you increase his minutes, he's also a good option, you know, even with using with the FBI Reviews Planner. And then I checked his XG. I mean, his XG is not too bad, but most yeah, of the shots yeah. he takes are from a long distance. He takes so many shots, and they are so low XG. Yeah, yeah. So eventually, yeah. he accumulates enough XG, but there's not enough goals to justify it, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I uh, I think he could be a good option. I mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just surprised uh, that that's that's basically it. I wouldn't expect him to feature because of those few fixtures next. Yeah. But uh, I'm not sure. You you said uh, what was the horizon? Like it's the entire eight. horizon we see here. Oh, okay, it's, it's eight, eight weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense because then their uh, their schedule actually it's turning really really hot. Uh, yeah. it's, it's really looking great, so yeah, it and makes it makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is it, another it way of looking at that team. Uh, he plays in most of the uh, game weeks, uh, except Manchester United uh, game in game week seven, and also Newcastle in game week nine. Uh, for the other games, his EV is decent, like five point three this game week against Fulham. And then 5.24 against Nottingham Forest in game week 8. So for the price, I think he is very decent. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm looking at his numbers. It's it's insane. 4.6 shots per 90. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. And it and it looks like yeah, he's playing full games. Uh, yes. That's yeah. True. It's 90 90 times five. It's really five full games. Okay. 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 I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I take it all back. Uh, it is looking very, very solid. Uh, yeah. Is he really six point something? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, that's that's understandable. Yeah, he's flying under the radar for most people. I think so. I I haven't seen him seen him in anywhere, uh, even like in the most transferred in players or anywhere else. But yeah, he comes up in the optimal team. Um, yeah, no wonder, really. Yeah, and I have a question for you. You might mm -hmm. actually enjoy answering this question. So if you check game week 7, you will realize that Morris is playing, obviously, it's his double game week, and Holland's <laughs> EV is only 0 0.07 less than <laughs> Morris. And the, obviously, the solver is going for the highest EV or the you know best average case. But... Knowing you, I have the feeling that you wouldn't captain Morris for that game week. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're right. Uh, <laughs> I would captain Haaland. <laughs> what what it... was the EV difference you said? 0 0.07? Yes, 0 0.07. So 7.59. Uh, okay, no, 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 no chance. No chance I would go. Nah, no. So what would be the EV difference <laughs> for you to captain Morris? Uh, like if you were playing, oof. obviously. Yeah. Tough one. Uh, <laughs> or you are? Are you saying tough. that there's no way? I mean, no. There, there would definitely be a way. It's just that the player 
should not be named Morris, I guess, for me to consider. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> so the name is kind of, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, uh, uh, you have to consider uh, that uh, like 90% of the FPL world will go with Haaland. Um, yeah, that's true. So you kind of open up a huge uh, variant scissors and it's just whether whether you fall on the right side, you know, because obviously if Haaland blanks and he's doing it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he's missing big chances, uh, etc. So it's definitely possible. It, it could happen and you could profit massively over the entire landscape of FPL. Uh, and the other uh, the other part of the equation is yeah you know uh, I I don't think I need to explain what could happen if, <laughs> if it's the other way around and he scores hat trick and uh, Morris uh, has two blanks you know um, so it's it's again a question of uh, your risk tolerance I yeah. think uh, I'm not saying obviously if the EV is the same then the options are uh, analytically speaking uh, the same two or, or, or let's say they are equal uh, in this in this sense it's just how how you use this information is basically uh, the question for the for the FPL manager yeah? so it's a risk it's a risk management topic uh, and uh, I don't know I personally would captain Holland I'm pretty pretty sure I would yeah, I think Haaland is also ahead in uh, Mikael Tokwam's model. But I think Morris was leading. The last time I checked, I think he was leading uh, in previous model. But we will see. When the game is I mean, from, from what I have seen from Luton, it, it, they do not struck me as a team that are heading the right uh, in the right direction at the moment. <laughs> I might be, I might sure. be wrong, though. Uh, as I... They're definitely more knowledgeable people to 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 weigh up this question, but it's it's again about the promise, and I'm not sure the Morris promise is that high. Really, it's a it's a really tough one. But uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. if if uh, if everything happens uh, like if it falls your way, the Morris call, uh, you will gain huge yeah. like you will you will win a lottery in fpl basically so, <laughs> that's true uh, it, yeah yeah uh it's a tough choice but let's let's see how the ev will move uh next week uh like especially after observing this game week probably people will pay some attention to morris uh in the wolves game from a you know captaincy perspective whether you know it will yeah. worth the risk or not so We'll see. Yeah, maybe maybe one more thing I would mention is also the level of trust you have uh, in the EV when it comes to newly yeah. promoted sides. Because obviously, when we talk about Holland, we know the entity. I mean, the entity has played in uh, EPL many games, scored many goals, etc., etc. We know about the team. We know about his role. Regarding Luton, I don't think we have this. Uh, yeah, there are many different uh, Yeah. The, the, that many data points where we, we just don't have the confidence, uh, which could be, you know, wrong in both ways, obviously. It's just that, you know, the ranges of outcomes or the ranges, how are we wrong about Morris's EV are definitely bigger than, yes. than Holland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Okay, and let's talk about the captaincy as the last uh, visual. Um, this game week, it is quite clear, like, Holland is ahead of everyone by almost like, 2 EV. His average in the ensemble model is 9.08 against Nottingham Forest. And then the second best player is Salah against West Ham. Uh, almost like 2, like, it is almost like 1.98. Uh, something uh, difference between the two of them um, and then we have Mubemo who is even lower 5.65 Rashford and Mitoma so I'm just assuming that everyone will captain Holland but if you're not captaining Holland then what are you doing is my question probably uh, Alvarez <laughs> will come up probably because people are very excited to bring him in and I the I see Alvarez in some models here. It's only Drafthound has him in the third place. But I, if I remember correctly, if I set uh, all the minutes to 90, then he comes up a little bit closer to the top ranks. But mm. again, I don't think there's any reason for uh, anyone to not Captain Holland. But some some people... Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, if you, if you Captain Alvarez over Holland, that's next level... Uh, how would I say it? Maverick. That's really that's that's next level Maverick. Uh, if you go Salah over Haaland, okay, you might have an idea how the fixture plays out or both fixtures plays out. I can accept that. But going Alvarez over Haaland, uh, that's madness, <laughs> really. Yeah, I haven't checked this. That, that's pro. Sides. That's pro punting, really. I I I don't know. Yeah, I haven't checked the fantasy football scouts uh, captaincy poll, but uh, I'm curious. I mean, everyone, yeah, well, Captain Holland, so it's yeah, not a big yeah. discussion topic this game week, I no, guess. Not really. Um, so that was everything we want to share uh, this game week and for this uh, episode. And before I let you go, Chase, uh, I have one final question. Obviously, FPL has a lot of ups and downs. And personally, I haven't had the best start to this season. Uh, and I, I, I see that lots of people are feeling frustrated. Some might even be tempted to call it quits or, you know, basically stop playing the game. You were a long-time player and the experience you had uh, these first weeks of the season. What would your advice be for those people who are feeling burned out uh, by FPL already? I think uh, the key right now is to realize that, you know, every season at, you are competing against the subset of the of the managers, like the very engaged and informed FPL managers. I believe every single one of your listeners belongs to this uh, to this group like very engaged and very informed FPL players uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't stumble upon your uh, podcast uh, otherwise so you just have to realize that this cohort maybe it was previously I don't know 50 to 100k managers nowadays it's maybe 200 thousand managers it's difficult for me to estimate obviously this uh, subset or this cohort of FPL players is growing each year but it's absolutely nowhere near the entire 
pool of FPL players. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And these are the guys you will end up competing against when it comes to game week 38. Like these will be the guys who will stay committed all season long and they will make the rational decisions. So your game week to game week results will be necessarily strongly cor correlated to, to this cohort. So I believe basically if you have a poor game week, it's very probable that like 80% of this, uh, of your competition had a poor week too. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't really make a lot of it. Um, the actual overall rank right now is completely useless. I mean, mm -hmm. it's inflated by people who used all their chips, uh, who will de deactivate, you know, around Christmas time because <laughs> they completely forget about Boxing Day and whatever. Uh, people with random patches of luck with absolutely brutal variants, you know, it, this is nothing unusual. This happens every single season. Mm. So just focus on on the decisions this, uh, this subset of FPL managers are making. Uh, and go with the flow. Uh, for now, I would really keep it simple. Just pay attention to what the engaged uh, mass is doing, um, where the teams, you know, are, are moving in terms of their performance. Um, maybe some early squad developments. I mean, this could get you ahead, definitely. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I wouldn't do right now anything, anything crazy, any attempts to salvage your season or something like that. That's that's nonsense. Nothing like that is happening at the moment. Yeah. This is yeah. completely normal stuff. I mean, as I said, just go with the flow. Um, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure most of you guys will, without special effort, uh, find yourself uh, around. Or, or inside 100k come the double game weeks or something like that, because it usually is the case. That's your competition, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank that's, you. That's yeah. that's really what I would say. <laughs> that was a great answer. I like it. Okay, I think that's it for today's episode. Anything you still want to add? Uh, probably no. No, thanks. Thanks really. Thanks for having me on the pod. Um, I finally uh, had a podcast episode that I could actually talk about FPL and not myself. So I really, I really appreciate this opportunity. And thanks, Adal. <laughs> <Adel. laughs> sure, sure. My pleasure. Thanks for joining me on such short notice too. And uh, for the last part, I will give an update to our mini league uh, status. We have 256 teams in it and you can find me almost at the bottom of this <laughs> mini league. I, I think I'm at 245. Um, and if you are not in yet in our mini league, make sure to join the fund. The, the code is 0JSDLA. And this was FPL Optimized Podcast, episode number 58, with our great friend FPL underscore Chase. Thanks for listening. Good luck, good luck with making your game week 6 decisions and may your arrow be green. We will be back with another episode next week and Bas will be back as well. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you will get notified when the next episode is released. And do follow us on Twitter. For me it is at 
Sertel Bilal and for bus it is at Belfi BB and our guest today again was Chase it is FPL underscore Chase on Twitter and you can also find our podcast on YouTube this season and until next time stay curious and stay analytical goodbye